Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, the university where you learn everything that is going on in the world of pop culture and see what cute life lessons you can learn from it for your own life based on the situations these celebrities are going to. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. I'm Patty. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. You guys, my 2023 has gone off to quite an interesting start. My New Year's Eve was so boring while everyone out there was partying, throwing up, catching a hangover, catching the new strands of COVID and getting their New Year's kiss. I was just cooped up inside. I did not do anything. And I'm not even embarrassed by that. I feel like there's a societal standard to go out every New Year's and it's supposed to be this big, hyped up drinking holiday party. But if that's not fun to you, why ring in your new year like that? I think you can relish in self-love and fun activities that you can do at home that's 10 times more fun than going out and then having your whole next day ruined by a hangover to me hangovers in 2023 are just not gonna be the vibe i had a really you know a few bad ones in 2022 so not my vibe maybe i will go out more because since i was the only one that stayed home i was stuck with my dog my pit bull who is literally insane but she's really sweet to us her owners and she's really afraid of um fireworks So you can imagine the whole night she was on top of me shaking and she was like paranoid walking around the house like who's blowing up things outside of my house. She was on edge crying. I had to console her like a baby. And then she made our other dog like a poodle mix all paranoid. So both of the dogs were laying on me and I was actually like a really not fun night. I think I would have rather had a hangover than deal with these two dogs using me as their therapist. It doesn't sound as cute. It's not as cute as it sounds. Um, besides that, my 2023 has been really good, though. My dad just turned 60. He had a party tonight. His brother, my uncle, got him a funny gift because my dad, a few years ago, we were having a party at my house and he was taking a shot and he lit that shot on fire because I like I guess that's the drink that people enjoy and find exciting. Maybe they did that back in his day, but the shot was on fire. And after he took it, He must have had some alcohol on his face because his mouth caught fire and then his whole face caught fire. And then we had to drive him to the hospital. And I felt bad for him to to be. I probably shouldn't say all the details because I know that he's not proud of that moment. But my uncle bought him a fire extinguisher in case he lights his face on fire again, which I thought was super funny. A lot of other interesting stuff going on in my 2023. Um, I accidentally got hot at the body shop again. But we can't talk about that. But, you know... 2023 will probably be messy. Either way, we have a lot to talk about today, including we got some really like conspiracy theory, heavy investigation, um, crime evil in this episode. So think just true crime on the extreme. 
you may be scared while listening to this. Maybe don't listen to this episode alone or at night because we are getting into the Illuminati murders, some crazy shit. Um, we're going to talk about the Idaho murders. We're going to talk about Jeffree Star saying that he's in the Illuminati and why, or that the Illuminati is coming after him. We're going to talk about if Britney Spears is missing or was murdered. And we're going to talk about if Kanye West is really missing. So, so much going on. Before we get into it, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcast. You're already here. You may as well do so. Leave a cute little review. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me and I will hit you up. You'll fly to the top of my DMs and we can chat it out. Um, yeah. Without further ado... Welcome to Pop Culture University class. Take your seats. Class is in session. Every now and then you remind me only when I'm lying in bed on my own. And I wake up and I don't see your name on my phone. To the moments when I think that I'm better alone. That's when I remember every time I walk past your house in the rain. Clap if you've ever wanted to kill someone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't make light of people dying like Wendy Williams does. But um, do you think you could get away with it if you tried to kill someone? How would you try to get away with it? I don't know if I was silly for thinking this, but I thought murders are something like you could, you can't get away with. I thought that was the one crime that you will be traced back on and you're going to end up going to jail. You know what they say, like, you can kill anyone, but you have to be willing to sacrifice yourself. That's kind of just always how I thought about it. Like, I guess if I really wanted to kill someone that bad, like, I'll just go to jail forever. But did you guys know that 50% of murders go unsolved? Isn't that insane? That's like, that's so dangerous to me. And that makes me really scared and lose hope in the CSI investigation. Um, You know, ju judicial system, it just makes me feel like really unsafe at all times. Like if we're always in the purge or something. But I guess that begs the question, would you want to take someone out and roll the dice like that? Do we blame the hit Emmy winning CBS television show starring the incomparable actress who play such a convincing character viola davis on how to get away with murder were you inspired by her if you answered yes to any of these questions please indict yourself and uh report yourself to the authorities before you become a danger to society it seems like some people on this planet that we unfortunately have to share the earth with treat murder like a game to see if they can get away with it like the killer of the four students in idaho if you guys have not been following this case. It has taken over the whole country. Everyone has been following this more than I've seen anyone follow any murder case in my whole life. I've never been waking up every day checking on a murder case like this in my whole life. I don't, it's so crazy how in, just encapsulated everyone is in this. So if you don't know what happened, quick recap four college kids. They were totally normal students at the University of Idaho. Their names were Kaylee Goncalves, Madison Mogan, Zana Cronodal, and Ethan Chapin. They were just all enjoying their senior year at college, 20 or 21. And they were such cute, normal-looking, kind-spirited kids. You would never think tragedy was about to strike them based on their social media. But one night on November 12, 2022... They 
were all out on the town, as college kids do. Two of the girls were at a club called the Corner Club, and Ethan and Zana, who were dating, they were at Ethan's fraternity, just at a party there enjoying their night. They all got home around 2 a.m., and we assumed that they were chatting in the common areas and then went to their respective bedrooms. Kaylee and Maddie, they were best friends for life since childhood, uh, like like pl- platonic soulmates, their friend soulmates. They were sleeping in the same bed, and Ethan and Zana were sleeping in the same bed, and somewhere between 3 and 4 a.m., they were murdered. They were stabbed to death by someone who broke into their apartment and committed those crimes on them and then swiftly escaped. However, they weren't alone in that house, those four victims. There were two other roommates just sleeping in a deep sleep and the killer did not bother to kill them. The scene was described as extremely messy and bloody. There was even photos of blood leaking through the outside of the house down one side of the walls. Also, I want to put out a disclaimer. I'm not trying to make a juicy segment out of a murder. I just think this has taken over the nation. And yes, I would say murders aren't pop culture. But if something is this popular in culture, I feel like it has so become that. But I'm describing this scene with the utmost respect, the utmost reverence for any victim and family member involved. Three of the girls were in a sorority. The one boy, Ethan, was in a frat. They were just tried and true all-American college kids. And they just seemed so pure and innocent. Their two surviving roommates found them when they woke up at about noon. No judgment there. I think a lot of us, especially on the weekend at college, would wake up at that time. Um, Also, they did not wake up during the murders, which is quite interesting to me, especially what we're going to get into in a second. But I think there's a few factors that play into why the roommates reacted like they did. Um, So they were found at about noon and they apparently were so shocked and in disbelief when they found them that they actually passed out and then they had to call a friend over to then call the police. Because imagine just finding four of your best friends dead. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be able to like fathom that. I, I, I think even though it's been two months, I still will not be able to process what I saw. And I feel so bad for those two surviving girls in the house. They will never, ever, ever be the same. They'll never be able to sleep peacefully in their life again. They're going to be traumatized for all time. It's like they have a life sentence too. But this happened on November 12th. And it's 2023. So how did someone get away with murdering four kids with their bare hands in close contact with a knife in 2023? That almost seems impossible. Especially if... You know, it, it's not like he did it from a distance. He was up in their business, in their face, and leaving who like a mountain of evidence potentially behind. So the biggest question was who and why? Not only did the Idaho town that they were in, the Moscow police, that's the town they were in, Moscow, the Moscow police got involved. Detectives in Idaho got involved. And detectives from around the country got involved. And the FBI got involved involved. I think this crime scene was tackled so intensely because it was just so shocking. It was pure evil, pure sinister, meeting pure innocence of just happy, sweet kids trying to live their youth. These kids all looked like amazing people, all of them, all described as kind, sweethearted, happy, excited individuals by everyone in their lives, even on their social media. They seemed to be kids 
who were so thankful and so down to earth and in tune with how amazing their lives were and how happy they were for that. And they really were grateful for every day. Their Instagram captions in photos with each other would be things like one lucky girl to be surrounded by these people every day. And that was Kaylee Goncalves last post on Instagram two days before she was murdered. Another one said, my friends are adorable. An appreciation post for Maddie Mogan on International Women's Day. Felt suiting. Happiest of birthdays to Ethan Chapin. Life is so much better with you in it. I love you. And that was from Zana, his girlfriend. So let's just try to truly think what someone would have to be thinking to want to do that. To not only have those thoughts and plan it out if it was very diligently planned out. Not only did they have to have that idea and then be crazy enough to meticulously plan it out as if it was some project and then actually go through with it, take action, overpower four people who are fighting for their lives. And as we know, if adrenaline kicks in, you're the strongest you ever can be. So he had to overpower not only three able-bodied girls in their 20s, but an able-bodied over six foot boy who, you know, who knows the power he could have been having in that moment and then have to kill them all with hand-to-hand combat. And let's just dissect this crime scene because it just seems so chilling, the swiftness of it all in the middle of the night. They say your personality comes with you to your crime scene about killers because you will go about the crime scene and leave behind a trail of evidence that matches your thought process at the time, not just the physical actions that you did, but your thoughts. This person who committed this clearly wanted danger. This person wanted the experience of being up in their face, making eye contact and watching the life leave them as he took it. He didn't want to do it from a distance. He didn't want to do it with a gun or with poison or a sniper or with something that you don't have to be there. He wanted to make this personal. I could cry thinking about what those kids' last thoughts probably were before they died because I think it's all of our fears of home invasion and seeing something in your room while you're asleep and thinking that it's a demon or a murderer and then being relieved when it's not because you can't actually imagine that really happening. But imagine actually waking up from a sleep to find someone on top of you who you're looking in their eyes and you don't recognize them and they are beating you and then stab you. That like not only would your last emotion be pure terror, it'd be pure confusion. I I can't fathom what those kids went through in that moment. It's really interesting though because it's almost as though this murderer he 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 wanted that fantasy lived out of doing this face to face, but he also wanted to do it fast enough to not maybe get all of his satisfaction from it. As we know, some people or murderers want to take the bodies or spend time with the bodies or take a a piece of them or whatever or eat them or whatever Jeffrey Dahmer did because that's part of a serial killer's motive. They're obsessed with the victim and they want to be closer with them. But this guy didn't do anything with their bodies. He didn't take anything of them. There was no evidence of sexual assault. There was no evidence of anything else except a quick forced entry, killing, and then leave. That just always confused me. This guy just left. One of the girls, Kaylee 
was rumored to have a stalker. Kaylee is extremely pretty. You can go see her TikToks and Instagram. She's a gorgeous girl. I feel like if she did have a stalker, they would want to do more with her than just quickly stab her and leave. Like they're obsessed with her. They don't want it to be over in five seconds and then never see her again. He would want to like kidnap her or something. And they didn't even have an absurd amount of stab wounds. If someone really hated them, they would have been more aggressive with the whole crime. That's what everyone is saying on news outlets and these, you know, criminal investigator professionals. They say if it's a crime of passion, what they call it, the scene is usually more bloody and there is more pain inflicted. So if someone really hated them or they pissed someone off or it was like a revenge of the nerds type thing because these were like popular kids it seems like they would have been more aggressive and usually knife murders are loud with you know disturbing sounds and a big struggle because that's what the killer wants but this guy used a knife and he was quiet about it he wants to kill them in the sleep it's almost like he was doing business and i was thinking for a while that it was a hitman like because i feel like the only person who would kill someone so slyly in the middle of the night in their sleep with a knife to like make sure they got the job done and then leave immediately was a hitman. So that's what I was thinking for a long time. And that's super scary. Some people were even guessing that it could have been a hitman that was sent to the kids by the mob because one of the girls, Zana's mom was apparently in some kind of connection with the mob and she owed them money because they were seeing posts about that on Facebook. And they were like, Oh my God, Zana's mom is tied in with the mob maybe that's what was going on so i guess that was one of the theories there was also just a few suspects in general for someone who could have done something this awful the biggest suspect who the world was really calling for their head to be on a stick and everyone was making them guilty until proven innocent is jack s is what we'll call him um jack s is medicine mogan's boyfriend who they were with for many years on and off like her high school sweetheart So there would definitely be passion there. And people were kind of pointing the finger at him because he lived on campus and he received seven calls from Madison in between 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. Just in that time period where the murders were about to happen. And that was like the biggest clue at first. Everyone was like, why would she call him unless maybe they were in a fight or they wanted to work something out or she thinks she saw him and wanted to talk to him or Like, maybe she saw him out and was confused, like, why she saw him. Like, what is the fascination with Jack S. that night right before he died? It's super, super suspicious. But we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into how we actually know Kaylee did have a stalker in a second. And make all of these really, really strange questions make sense. Because this murder is so simple, yet there were so many details to just make no sense. And it's like a huge puzzle that people were trying to put together. Another one of the suspects is... Um, a boy named Jack D. Jack D is one of their friends, but we didn't know that at first. There was a surveillance video of the two girls who were best friends, Madison and Kaylee, at a food truck at about 1.15 a.m. while they were on their way home. So just a few hours before they died, the last thing that they ate, and they got like an, an order of food to share, which is so sad. Um, they were seen at the food truck and there was a guy who was like oddly standing behind them, like watching them, almost like surveilling them. And wherever, whenever they would move, he would move. And as more clear videos of them at the food truck came out, people realized that 
Madison and Kaylee were aware that he was there. And they turned to him at one moment and said, fuck you, and held up their middle finger. And there is a moment where Kaylee, no, where Madison records the Jack D boy. And they like both laugh after she takes the video and then they run off and Jack D follows them. So people were thinking maybe Jack D was the stalker and and Madison was taking a video of her friend stalker because they think he's creepy and weird. And she said, fuck you and recorded a video of him to like have proof or something. So maybe they were like, oh my God, that's her stalker. They finally caught on to him and then they ran off and they didn't realize that he followed them. And if that's their last interaction caught on camera of a man following them and them saying fuck you to them, it looks really bad for Jack D. So that's why all these people online were saying that it was him. The online investigators in this case were going crazy. I actually wasn't making too many videos about investigating or trying to point the finger or whatever just because i think i understand how harmful a wrong accusation could be in this case especially that's so complex and this is a really really major huge 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 thing to accuse anyone of even if there is slight incriminating evidence and i was never confident about who i thought did this as i said i thought it could have been a hitman so i was never super confident about what was going on here so that's why i didn't but there were thousands of videos made about it every single day you probably saw a ton of them so much so that the police actually told the online investigators to stop because you're tainting the investigation you're making this dangerous now we have to not only spend our time trying to figure out who did it but trying to dispel dangerous rumors against people and try to keep these innocent people safe the police got two thousand no sorry they got 20,000 tips sent into them from people all over the country trying to share information about what they might know about the murders, who was in Idaho or ring camera footage from their house between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Just anything that could have potentially been helpful, even if you don't even think it's helpful, like you have a ring camera outside of your house, but you only caught a few cars going by. Nothing really exciting. That could have been the thing that really kicks this investigation into high motion. They even interviewed over 300 people, every single guy who was at the frat that night, all of the neighbors. Someone even thought it was one of the neighbors just because he had a creepy look in his eye, and he really didn't even. I thought he was a relatively normal and innocent, cute-seeming man, so I, I definitely feel bad for him. I hope he moves. I would if I were him. Police were trying everything, though. They were trying to interview witnesses and even tap phone cell towers to see whose phone was on in the area while the murders were going on that's so smart i forgot that was even a thing like everyone has a phone these days everyone has it on all the time my screen time is like 12 hours a day so i would definitely be caught at that moment they were trying to get any any videos from even miles away they were trying to use not only dna ev evidence at the scene but dna evidence from other people's like families called like genie like genial gene something dna which basically means even if someone's dna isn't in the national database that they could still be found at the scene if one of their family members dna is in the national database and they can compare it it's like familial dna basically the last thing we wanted was for this case to go cold i think one thing the online investigators did right or helped out maybe was they kept the morale alive. If no one was pushing for justice to be solved and every news station wasn't talking about it, it could have gone cold a lot sooner and they wouldn't have went so hard like they did to find the person who did this. Even throughout these weeks of being so into this case, I would wonder, why am I so into it? Like, why do I care? I've never cared about people who I don't know getting like murdered before. I don't know if that's bad to say. I just was never so into it. 
that I would look up updates every single day. But as I was thinking about it, I think I was just so into it because I am, I feel like in the same phase of life as these girls are. And I'm just like them. These girls are my age. They're 21. I just turned 22. I was just in a college apartment and I would be out super late, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Sometimes I would even walk home alone at those hours, which was so stupid looking back now. I was really out there putting myself in danger and I'm like grateful to be alive looking back because there were some weird experiences I would have late at night. Like one time I was walking home late at night at school at like 3 a.m. and someone like opened their apartment door and said something homophobic to me. And one time someone followed me down a hall one time and then like right when I was going to keep walking straight down the hallway, they could have turned. So at that intersection where there was the option for them to turn away from me, they like screamed something homophobic in my ear and turned. So the fact that there's not necessarily evil people on every corner, but just nasty people out there in the world, I should have never been out that late at all. So I think that just this case really hit home for me. And all of my best friends like look exactly like these girls. Like they're just young, cute, vibrant girls. And they remind me so much of all my besties who have had the best nights of my life with. So I almost feel some kind of like attachment to them or some kind of relatability to them that makes me even more sad about what happened to them than them just being strangers. And it even more hits home because like I'm assuming you're on TikTok and if you're listening to this podcast, they were using TikTok audios that we all just used, doing trends that we all just saw. Like they were really just here with us a moment ago and you would have never thought they would be dead the next. And you look at their TikToks now and it almost doesn't even feel real that those girls doing all the TikTok trends that we just did are now dead. And one of them even followed me on TikTok it's so eerie seeing their TikTok now. I'll go and watch it sometimes just randomly because you're seeing girls in the video just doing totally normal, cute college girl things. But it's almost like crazy knowing their fate now. It's almost like seeing someone who's a part of like something like Supernatural or, or the Illuminati. Like, what do they know that we don't know? Like, it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe that was their fate. It makes you look at them completely different. I don't know how to describe it. It's just the trippiest thing looking at their TikTok, knowing what was going to happen to them just a week later, or their Instagram being basic girls. No offense, they were just being basic. But in like two days after they posted their formal sorority party outfits, like they were murdered. What? And for seven weeks, we were being breadcrumbed by clues and evidence. The investigators wouldn't really tell us anything. It seemed like they didn't even know anything. That was my biggest fear the whole time. They kept like asking for help, like begging for help is... Like, dare I say they seemed incompetent? I know they aren't, but it, it was just, it was worrisome to me. And like every horror movie, like the stereotype is the police are incompetent and they can't find who did it. So people just keep dying. I was worried that that was like true in real life or something. They just kept asking for help. Like they were totally lost. And that maybe the serial killer was just so good that he actually got one up on them. Um, There was one, at one point when the FBI started to get involved, the FBI immediately found a glove that was outside of the house, like right by the driveway that the investigators didn't find the whole time because it was buried by snow. It's like, oh my God, they missed a glove? Like, what if the murderer was wearing that glove? They missed that? And that was a big red flag for everyone on the Moscow police. Like, we hope they know what they're doing if they missed such a big piece of evidence. And they were also writing everyone off as suspects. They were like, no, Jack S., 
didn't do it. Jack D didn't do it. The neighbor didn't do it. It just seemed like they wrote everyone off so fast. And even Kaylee's mom was like, I think they wrote everyone off way too fast. I think they should look into them again. We only really got little clues this whole time. Like a few photos of the girls around town that night. A few body cam videos of police responding to other like underage drinking offenses that night where you can hear a faint scream in the background where you can't really tell if it's a scream of someone being attacked or just a scream of people partying or there's like there was at one point this was a a little clue i thought but led to the big discovery there was just a picture of a white honda elantra speeding past a gas station at like four in the morning i didn't really think anything of it they didn't even have the license plate i was just like oh cool it's a picture of a car like hopefully the killer's in that car but who knows um but on december 30th the two girls madison and kaylee were being laid to rest um they had their celebration of life ceremonies and their ashes were put into the same urn so they can be best friends even after death that's so sad to me uh, like how are you supposed to have a celebration of life after your life was cut so short i like celebrations of life more than like wakes or funerals or anything like that because i think it's you know a celebration it's a more positive twist and you can still mourn respectively while being able to be more lighthearted and have a, a better vibe but in this situation i just don't think i could do it but um on that same day you know everyone was losing hope i was getting tired of looking up updates every single day all of the questions were just it seemed like they were going to go unanswered forever in this really mysterious case justice won't be served the families will have to question and just ponder and be tortured forever people will live in fear in the community because what if this person wants to do this again then on december 30th at the same time their celebration of life was happening all of it at once was solved and an arrest was made the world literally stopped and the face of pure evil was projected to the nation on every network possible. It even interrupted like regularly scheduled programming in some places because it was that big of a discovery. It was no one we expected, but every single weird point about this case was suddenly perfectly answered. And I couldn't have asked for a more like satisfying, um, just, I guess, I mean, I don't want to say happy ending, but just a satisfying thing that can give at least a little bit of closure to everyone involved his name is brian kohlberger ew even saying his name sounds like i'm saying like voldemort's name like i shouldn't even say it because he's so evil he's a 28 year old man 28 ew he wasn't even that much older oh it's so creepy to me like i know a lot of 28 year olds what are they capable of like Oh my God. He's a PhD candidate from Washington University that is only 12 minutes from where the girls lived. But when he was arrested, he was in Pennsylvania, over 2,000 miles away. I, I mean, obviously, no one could have ever guessed that. It makes sense that he lives close to these girls because he had to plan it. It's not like he was just walking down the street one day and felt like doing this. He clearly knew his way around that house. He knew who was in what room. So I, I always knew it had to be someone close, but I thought maybe it was just a serial killer who lived close and who will go back to wherever near town they're from and just won't get caught. I would have never thought it'd be someone who would get caught 2,000 miles away in Pennsylvania. But he was visiting his parents in Pennsylvania because while he's not working on his PhD in Washington, he's over there. 
He looks exactly like I thought he would. I'm not even kidding. If I walked down the street and I saw him, I'd be like, oh, you must have committed the Idaho murders because you look like a sociopath. He looks like an affluent finance pro, a white slender man looking man with a military style buzz cut and dead crazy look behind his eyes. Like there's not one happy thought in there. Just murder, evil, kill, kill, kill. He's getting a lot of comparisons to Ted Bundy after his identity was released because he just looks like the reincarnation of Ted Bundy. They look so much alike from the nose to the lips. Oh my God, the lips are like an identical match. The forehead, just everything about them. Something even more eerie is that him and Ted Bundy committed very similar crimes. They both committed these crimes against girls in a sorority um, in a similar area. And they both received a bachelor's degree in psychology from Washington State University. Or a, or a university in Washington. It's almost like the reincarnation of evil. But it's glad to, I'm happy to see that in 2023, you can't get away with it as easy. And that makes me wonder, would Ted Bunny have gotten away with what he did back then if it were, wasn't for all these this updated technology? I don't think so. The chief of police who people were questioning his capability this whole time because he wasn't telling us anything said that this is a 100% definitely our guy even though you know they haven't gone to court or anything like that he knows it's 100 him and let's just start answering the questions about why he committed this crime and why everything just makes sense now he is the scariest man you could ever want to commit a crime against you because he doesn't even care about you he just wants to kill for sport and will diligently plan it out to make it the perfect crime which would leave you as a victim to never get any justice. And I say that about him because he got his bachelor's in psychology, then he got his master's in criminology, and then he's a PhD candidate for criminology and criminal justice. So this is a man who has an obsession with murder and literally studies it. He studies the minds of murderers. He worked under a, a woman who's written books about the mind of a murderer, how to get away with murder. This was like his life passion wanting to commit these crimes, but he was smart enough to know that he needs to be very prepared and know exactly what to do before he does it. That is a murderer. I would never want to face someone who is not only crazy enough to do it and strong enough to do it, but smart enough to plan the whole thing out. And I feel like his main goal was like, he was so obsessed with crime that he wanted to live as someone who committed murder and got away with it. And you being this victim that he wanted to take out his plan on is worst case scenario because you're going up against someone who sees this as business or a game. And they're doing everything in their power to be as smart as they can to kill you and get away with it. That is the scariest thing of life. And I feel so awful for those girls. Apparently, not only was this man very intelligent, he was described by that by his friends, but he was also a narcissist, a sociopath. Uh, friends would say that he was a bully. He, um, quote, was an incessant bully. He would put people down for their insecurities and their flaws. He needed to let people know that he was smarter than them any chance he got. One of his old friends said that, quote, he would do that to me all the time, he told the Daily Beast. He would go after my intelligence. He would basically insinuate that I'm kind of slow-witted and that I'm forgetful and that I lack in enough intelligence to be his friend. And that's why he cut off his friendship with him. Another one of his friends said that he was mean-spirited. He was a bully. I never thought he would do something like that. But at the same time, it doesn't really surprise me. 
anyone who knew him or was in his class said that um, he had a quiet but intense demeanor, which made those around him feel uncomfortable. He also passed certain remarks that made it clear that he was anti-LGBTQ, um, ew, and he sort of creeped people out because he stared and didn't talk very much. But when he did, it was very intelligent and he needed everyone to know that he was smart. Ew, do you know those people who like go out of their way to just say the most basic, simple thing in the smartest, most complex, overly intricate way that they can just to seem smart? Like, shut the fuck up. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit if you're smart. Just be actually smart. Just have like, you know, a, an, an amazing high paying job or be like a scientist or like a rocket scientist, doctor, whatever. That's how you be smart. No one socially gives a motherfucking shit if you are smart, just to let everyone know. Someone else said, if he liked or was interested in a girl and she wasn't super into him, he didn't understand why or just didn't accept her saying no and move on. He would just be labeled as a creep or something along those lines and he would continuously obsessively pursue them i guess that would make sense that if anyone in the area he wanted to try this experiment on you know see if he can commit a murder like he was studying to do and get away with it i guess kaylee and maddie make sense he was not popular he did not get girls he represent they represent something that he does not like so if he's going to take anyone out for fun it's going to be them um, and he's such a narcissist that he thought he was important enough, he was important enough to take four kids' lives because his experiment of murder was more important than the kids living happy lives. And after the murders, apparently when he was back to his TA teaching position, he was happier and talked more. Quote, Brian seemed more upbeat and willing to carry a conversation after the murders. Insane. A true sociopath, crazy how did this man even live out in public and disguise himself as normal all of these years? And we know after he committed these crimes, he went out to eat at restaurants in Pennsylvania because someone on TikTok showed receipts of him always being at the restaurant. And he had amazing holiday plans with his family and friends living amongst us as if nothing happened at all. Something even more scary that happened in his research to become a murderer is that while he was studying to do this, he conducted research this year where he sent questionnaires to convicted criminals in jail who were murderers or assaulters or robbers or whatever. He would, he sent them a questionnaire and with questions like, why did you choose that victim or targets over others? Did you struggle with or fight the victims? Did you prepare for the crime before leaving your home? Just the most eerie questions as if he wanted to take notes on what to do or not to do. And based on his personality from his friends and family, I think he is such a sociopath that he thought he was smarter than the justice system. And he wanted to have one up on the world and live with the satisfaction in his mind. And maybe even think he knows more about his profession if he committed these murders and got away with it. And I think that answers so many questions that all of us had this whole time, like the style in which he killed these kids. He did it so quickly, but also in a brutal kind of dangerous way because one, he did not like these girls for what they represented. Two, he wanted to have it be more dangerous and more impressive. Not only did he kill them, but he did it face to face with a knife. That's what he did. He wanted to be more impressive so he could think more highly of himself. and But he did it so fast because he didn't hate them that much. He did hate them, but not enough to do anything crazy with their bodies. He just wanted to do it fast and do it in a quick enough way where it would reduce his chances of getting caught. 
and he maybe chose those four girls too because well there's three girls in ethan because he knew it'd be big news and he wanted to look into it and watch from the sidelines as everyone desperately tried to figure out who did it and he thought they would never find him i bet you he was checking every single update every single day he also allegedly used to use heroin which of course is not good overall and can't do anything good for your mental state i'm sure that had some influence in his um mental restraint of uh, remaining a good person so how did they catch they catch him the police were so coy with everything that they were giving us because even two days before he was caught i saw a news headline that was like please send in any tips you know police are begging for help and that just made me think that they knew nothing i was like damn like i'm I'm getting tired of seeing these updates if they're just gonna be a stupid update every day that will not get us any closer and i was almost done especially with the tip about the honda the white honda i was like that is not a big enough clue but they found the white honda at his house (laughs) in pennsylvania he drove cross country from idaho to pennsylvania in that honda like if i lived in pennsylvania and my neighbor had a a white honda and the whole nation was looking for a white honda i wouldn't really think much of it i'd be like oh duh it's not in pennsylvania i didn't even look if my neighbors had a white honda but i guess i should have um apparently they found him because he was smart enough to turn his phone off that night so they couldn't find any phone connections with him that night but apparently they after they were already thinking it was him they were able to find his phone linked to Kaylee and Maddie and Zana's the few weeks leading up like they were always in the same area he was stalking them three and I guess Kaylee was on to him that she was being stalked because he was always following their moves around the campus but that night maybe he left his phone at home because he knew they could potentially track it or I don't know but they found his phone the weeks before doing that um they used familial DNA, I guess one of his family members maybe was in contact with the police and gave them some DNA to help find him. But apparently the first tip was the Honda. And after they found that, they started to look into him and see all these weary signs and then go from there. So shout out to that gas station attendant who gave them the video of the Honda. That's just the craziest thing of life. And I cannot believe it. And I bet you they saw that Honda like driving around town for weeks before and they got the license plate and that's when they knew it was him um the death penalty is legal in idaho and everyone is calling for him to get it i absolutely think he should get it he should i want them to like tie him up in public square before they kill him though and let everyone in the world walk by him and tell him how worthless he is and how much of a loser he is and how much of a better place the world will be after he dies like i want him to be publicly shamed and mentally tortured for hours before he dies and then i want him to be put down in front of everyone because like we need to put that bitch down we need to euthanize him. Um, and yeah, even though this is so horrible, I'm so happy that it came to a conclusion with all these answers because I feel like, as I said in the beginning of this long segment, a lot of murders don't go answered like this one. And hopefully this will deter people who think they can outsmart the justice system and get away with something like this from ever trying it. And it's nice to think that everything happens for a reason, but I don't think that's true all the time. Um, because I don't think this happened for a good reason at all. I think this was just an evil human, a bad seed on this earth. And these girls, they didn't do anything wrong except be pretty and post on Instagram and live their lives as normal. So they did nothing. They did nothing wrong. They locked their doors at night. They were walking home together. They used the buddy system. They Ubered home. 
They were safe all the time. They were even sleeping together in the same bed. They were always safe. They did nothing wrong at all. And they were amazing people and this should have never happened to him. Like the quote, everything will be okay in the end and if it's not okay, it's not the end. That just cannot be true sometimes and is the most awful thing. But I guess if we can learn anything from this, at the celebration of life and at the memorials for all four victims, Zana, Ethan, Kaylee, and Maddie, the same thing that everyone was saying, all the family and all the friends, I noticed consistently through everyone's thing was tell the one, tell your loved ones that you love them every chance you get right now, every single day. Spend time with them because time is something that you will never, ever get back and you never know when that will come to an end and they were just wishing they could see them one more time talk to them one more time it was the common thread of everyone and it was so painful hearing that they'll never get that chance again and i think those four kids knew how much their loved ones loved them but they were just dying to tell them that because they never could have imagined what life was going to throw their way and i think we can all relate to that even if you're a young healthy kid you know there's bad people out there so Life is right now, and you have to tell people you love them now. Okay, so now that we're done talking about a murder, let's talk about some more scary, spooky shit. Um, The Illuminati, to just keep the conspiracy theory fear train rolling. So if you guys know, Jeffree Star, the problematic makeup artist, tattoos covering his whole body, twig thin, wears 40-inch long bust-down weaves, annoying as fuck, uh, very disgraced person. I don't like Jeffree Star at all, unfortunately. I can't get behind him. I don't even like talking about him on this podcast. He tweeted the other day some really a really weird string of tweets about the Illuminati and claiming that he was approached by the Illuminati and then had to escape it like it's like sci- like Scientology or something. Like Tom Cruise got him to join and then, you know, he realized it's just a cult and creepy and they just want your money and then he's tried to leave. But apparently they well tried to kill him after he left the Illuminati or whatever. So this is what Jeffrey Star tweeted. He tweeted, I still have a soul. Can't say that about a lot of these demons I used to surround myself with. What a crazy fucking year. I escaped the Illuminati in 2021 and they still haven't killed me. Every day I wake up grateful. He continued, in 2020, I was going to expose everything. In a matter of days, the Hollywood elite tried to ruin my entire career, villainized me, and flooded the news with lies to discredit me. If you guys only knew the truth about what they're going to do to Britney and Kanye, anyone who challenges the system gets eliminated. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. It's 10 times worse than you think. Just be grateful that you're on the other side. Clearly, that's a very alarming string of tweets. Um, People, you know, a lot of unanswered questions there he rose a lot of red flags uh curiosity was piqued for sure but he wasn't really providing answers and he thinks we're going to believe him and a lot of people were like jeffree star always keeps it real we can always rely on him oh you know him spilling the tea again uh, a jeffree star serve jeffree star w i hate those comments when people are like common w like those are so annoying anyway people are actually worried if he is in some sort of danger and are questioning the Illuminati's realness right now because it seems, you know, he's pretty famous. I don't know if I would say A-list, maybe B-list, but a pretty famous person is almost 
you know, exposing the Illuminati. So people were like, hmm, maybe it's actually true. I'm here to tell you, no, I... I don't think the Illuminati is real, even though I'm such a conspiracy theorist. I think the real-life Illuminati is just the top 1% billionaires and politicians that literally control the whole world right in front of our faces, and we just don't do anything about it. I think that's the real Illuminati. I don't think there's a, an Illuminati of celebrities. Um, maybe if those celebrity is rich enough, they can be a part of that Illuminati-like group. But no, I'm not going to say it's real. And if it was real, I'm not going to say Jeffree Star would ever be a part of it or ever be contacted by such a group and not only does jeffree star think he was contacted by the illuminati and wants to think that we all think that he's famous enough to even be you know considered for, for that as if he says he is not only so rich and famous he's in it but he escaped it because he's so smart and like a like a ninja or something like oh my god he outsmarted and escaped the illuminati girl you and your 17 pomeranians can't fight off the illuminati i'm sorry there is no question in my mind that he was just looking for attention. That's what Jeffree Star does. That's a big pattern of his behavior, saying lies about the craziest shit in the world. Like when the whole James Charles thing went off, he was telling crazy lies about that. Like how the Dolan twins were sexually assaulted by James Charles. And then the Dolan twins literally said that it's not true. And they texted James if he was okay when he was being exposed and everything. Like Jeffree Star just blatantly lies. So, and like the day after that, he posted like his butt on Twitter or something. It's, it, it's giving the funds are running low. It's giving, I'm not getting enough attention. Um, and like, if, if this was really true and he's thankful to be alive, he, he wouldn't be trying to expose more and put himself in more danger. That'd be the last thing you would do. And if the Illuminati wanted someone dead, boom, dead in a minute. And they would literally not allow investigators to look into it. They would never be able to do anything about it. Sorry, bro. So Yeah. Not true. And even six months ago, Logan, uh, Jeffrey was on Logan Paul's podcast and he was spilling all the tea, telling all the inside like gossip rumors about everyone in the industry. So I think he was trying to look for attention then, telling people secrets. Now he's trying to look for attention again. And when he's talking about the rumors that they spread about him in 2021 to try to take him down, I think he means that he's dating Kanye West rumors and broke up Kim and Kanye's marriage. And guess who spread those rumors? Me and Ava Luis. Like if you Google my name, Petty Pop Culture, all the articles that come up are about Jeffree Star because I was the one who started that rumor. So if someone's like, if someone's in the Illuminati trying to take him down, I think he's saying it's me. I think he's saying that me and Ava Louise, two TikTokers are like in the Illuminati. And yeah, I am in the Illuminati and I did start that rumor to take him down, but that's none of his business. But you guys already knew I was in the Illuminati. So he's not in it. And I can confirm from my inside sources. We didn't invite him. So he's just annoying, but he may be onto something with what's going on with Kanye and Britney because Kanye was pronounced missing and Britney Spears was also pronounced potentially murdered. So let's get into what's going on with them. The rumor that Kanye West is missing comes from that Kanye West is said to be missing after his lawyers can't reach him to inform him that he was dropped as a client. So he got in like a tiff with his lawyers. He breached his contract and now they want to sue him for $4.5 million. But in order to sue him, they have to notify him that they're suing him and then, you know, get in contact to do some paperwork with all of that. The Daily Loud on December 18th notified the world and said Kanye West has reportedly been missing and un has been unable to be found for weeks, according to his ex-business manager. Hashtag Kanye is missing was then trending. The court filing against him from the court says, We were advised about a new law firm for defendants, but not a specific point of contact. We subsequently learned 
of information in the news that the law firm identified as new counsel was not affiliated with the defendants. Accordingly, we have not been able to serve defendants through their counsel. As a general matter, we have had difficulty confirming the best address of Kanye West. For Mr. West, despite our diligent efforts, we were unable to ascertain his current residential address. So that was from the people who were suing him, basically saying we do not know where he is. We don't know where to mail this letter to him. Um, what I think could be going on here is one, Kanye West is kind of broke right now. Didn't he lose like $2 billion or whatever? Elon Musk just broke that record. Apparently he lost $200 billion in a day. I don't know what he did. He probably gambled if like Tory Lanez was going to be found guilty or not. He probably put his money on Tory Lanez being innocent and then lost $200 billion. I wouldn't doubt it. But um, I feel like Kanye's just probably broke and doesn't want to pay those bills or he's just being Kanye. A concerning piece of evidence, though, is that Kanye was allegedly not spending time with his kids on Christmas at all. He totally missed Christmas with North Saint Chicago and Song, which is very unlike him, even though he is a really um, like unpredictable person. He usually will be there for his kids. So that was surprising. Of course, he's always silent on his social medias because he's banned on every platform for saying things like he is a Nazi and wants to go DEFCON 3 and the Jewish people. Of course, you're going to get banned for saying shit like that. Something else that's really concerning is one of his current friends and collaborators uh theophilius i don't know if i'm saying that name right let's just call him theo theo london is missing right now he is a collaborator and current friend of kanye and his family actually had to file a missing persons report on theo so that's super super confusing i hope he is okay but if i had to guess what's going on with kanye i would just say it's kanye being kanye and something even weirder is just a few months ago kanye was talking about how a lot of people in hollywood just suddenly go missing in order for the illuminati to or you know the elite or whoever he's referring to to control them so that could be very concerning if kanye actually is missing and being controlled by such a group so i guess even though kanye is clearly you know spreading a lot of hate in the world i of course don't want him to be you know murdered or whatever so i hope kanye is okay something even more scary is what's going on with britney spears though there's been a lot of rumors these past few weeks that britney spears is being held captive or potentially was cloned and replaced or dead love her hate her say what you want about her but all of the girls and all of the boys are begging to if you seek britney spears i'm trying to make a joke about her song if you seek amy because the song is about like where is amy but it's actually just an innuendo for i want to fuck amy so i'm saying like where's britney spears but everyone just wants to fuck her anyway britney spears is missing um a year after britney spears was freed from her conservatorship people are worried about her again so many fans are sharing conspiracy theories online it started when they noticed britney spears hasn't been going to public events lately she hasn't been seen out she hasn't even been with paparazzi photos really at all um they would even get her if she's just going down the street with sam going to a supermarket whenever she leaves her house they would get her so it's like hmm, she hasn't been in paparazzi photos either she hasn't been posting as much and anything that she is posting is old clips which is very concerning because her and sam they sold their new house and moved back into their old house but anything she's posting is from the newer house where she was um just like months ago so it's not like those are current photos so it's kind of weird that she's reposting photos from that old house people are even conspiracizing that she's posting photos where she's overlaying in the photo like she's not actually there or there'll be like an edited video of her hugging sam but people see like some fuzziness around her as if they like britney's team made sam hug the air and then photoshop britney into it some of the photos britney is posting too there's just differences in her body. People think there could be like a new Britney or 
like a deep fake Britney that people are posting because she doesn't have her same feet tattoos or hand tattoos in them. And she does not have a mole on her face, but this new Britney Spears will have a mole on her face. They think that even audios of her are being edited into videos of her with Sam and that she's not actually in the background. It's just really concerning about all these new things going on with her social media. She even posted some really weird things about her family because, as we know, her family just held her in a conservatorship for all these years and wanted to take her money. And she called them the worst people on planet Earth and said that they wanted to kill her. And they, she said, like, they literally killed me. They took everything from me. So you, don't, you wouldn't expect someone like that to then post positive things about any member of their family. But she's been posting positive things about her younger sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, saying that Jamie Lynn is her whole heart and she's so brave and inspiring and she loves Jamie Lynn and Jamie Lynn is so brave for posting her stories about how hard it is for her to be in this public family and growing up with a older sister like Britney Spears in her shadow all these years. She would thank her parents for loving her and even though just a few months ago she called her family scum and then sent them a cease and desist letter to not talk about her. It's very, very confusing. Um, a few days after posting that picture of Jamie Lynn Spears, she deactivated her Instagram for two days and then she came back and people thought she was different after that and that she was just completely a deep fake after that. And people don't even think she's been been able to access her own Instagram at all. They think it's been a fake Britney this whole time. Her captions are shorter. Um, she's never posting any stories. It just seems like she's just not there anymore. Fans even think her team is making Sam cover it up. I always thought Sam was a good guy, but I guess he could be in on it. During the whole conservatorship thing, he seemed really supportive of her and was happy when she got justice and was freed from the conservatorship. But he has been acting a little sus lately. He's saying that like she doesn't love what she posts when she posts her body too much or those photos with like just a little heart over her vagina or her like holding her breast and giving a very seductive look to the camera. He said he doesn't love those, which I guess is understandable. Um, he'll be in like paparazzi videos and the paparazzi will ask if he's controlling what Britney's posting these days because everyone is so wired up about this. And he would say things like, I don't even control what we eat for dinner. It's just always a response along those lines to try to throw people off or just give some basic like, of course, Brittany is fine type of thing. And then her last post on Instagram right now is from six days ago. And it's the weirdest post yet with such an odd caption. So the video is just her dancing with Sam at her wedding. Like Brittany's being all, you know, energetic and wild and having fun. And then there's Sam who just seems to be you know, enjoying the night. It's just them dancing. But then the caption I'm going to read to you is super weird and we're going to dissect it as we read it. So the caption starts and it says, high school movie, gotta see it. Not that by any means it's a secret reference to me. Yeah, so super random, just a random first line. The high school movie that she's referring to is called Drive Me Crazy and they used her song Drive Me Crazy in it. So maybe she's talking about that. Continuing, she says, although my song is in it, I'm definitely one to secretly make fun of. And if you don't believe me, check out how they portrayed my special wedding day. It was sure to make me feel like something with all that entertainment and the beautiful celebs holding that mic. I mean, I haven't held a mic in seven years. So that sassy girl lit up the room for them with the chemistry. So very interesting. <clears throat> She was saying her wedding day, they portrayed her not in a good way. 
they portrayed her like someone to secretly make fun of or maybe they portrayed her as some crafted image to make it look like she was finally happy and she was still like weird or whatever but finally happy and the press did really make her wedding all about like the famous people who were there and the publicity of it all because there was like that one photo with some of the biggest celebrities in the world in it like Madonna and Donatella Versace and Selena Gomez and Paris Hilton and Drew Barrymore such like an interesting group of people and people now think the wedding was fake after she posted that because people think that she's saying those things about the super famous women like they were there just to give the wedding clout and attention and then she said all the weird things about selena gomez being there like the day after the wedding she basically insinuated that selena gomez just crashed the wedding which is so odd to me like i remember that and then she like unfollowed selena gomez the day after i thought that was so confusing uh, yeah it's but it's almost like britney wasn't in control of her wedding because why would she say selena gomez crashed it and it's it's i always thought it's weird that selena was there because why why were they friends like they're not even friends so maybe she wasn't in control of who came. So that's really interesting. Maybe the wedding was just for entertainment purposes for the public. She continued, that's honestly what it's about. And good God, it was everywhere. Oh, well, sitting down for three minutes for a sweet song. And then 21 clapbacks from one person had me feeling special. Anyway, this is me before the dance floor was full. Kiss by Prince. I'm going to show you what it's all about. The kiss. P.S. Hold on. We'll get to the PS in a second. So it seems like she's just saying a bunch of random stuff in sequence. It's almost like she wants to send a secret message. So if you look at the numbers in the caption, and we do know Britney does send secret messages. If you remember the video of her with the hat that said help me on it when she was still in the conservatorship, <clears throat> the numbers in this post say 7-3-21 or July 3rd, 2021. And that's the day the lo her lawyers brought the conservatorship to court. So it's almost like she's telling us that the conservatorship isn't, you know, is still going and it's not over like we thought it was. Very, very interesting. And then here's the scariest part. P.S. There sure were a hell of a lot of women around. When can I meet your dad, Hassam? That's a very interesting thing to say. There are a lot of women around. Where can I meet your dad, Hassam? Or when can I meet your dad? Who is she saying, when can I meet your dad to? Like, what does this all mean? So people are now wondering, now that Sam is acting really sus and could be controlling her Instagram, and he's been seen out in public without Britney, and people think the wedding was fake, is Sam even really her husband? Has she even met Sam's dad? And that would all make sense to me because Sam and Britney met in 2016 when she wasn't even allowed to like leave her house or have access to like, or I guess free will access to her phone. So when do they have time to date? And a while ago, over the summer when they were on vacation, Brittany posted a photo of them on a boat and her caption was, I'm playing the role of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Do you guys think this is real? That was literally her caption on, in a photo of her with her, with her and Sam. So it's all very, very concerning to me. Um, the most crazy thing is, and I remember I talked about this on the podcast Remember when her ex-husband, Jason Alexander, broke into her wedding at her house on her wedding day? And we were all like, he's so crazy. Oh, my God. He's the craziest. If you look at the video back of him breaking in because he did it on Instagram Live, because that's just the world we live in these days. 
he was live streaming and he was saying the craziest things as he was going through her house on that live stream. Like he literally broke in and he was saying like, where's Brittany? Where's Brittany? Is Brittany here? I know she's not here. Where's Brittany? He was like really concerned about her. It seemed like he, it's not like he wanted to break into be a creep and be like, Oh, you're marrying someone else. Blah, blah, blah. I hate you. It seemed like he was just concerned about her health. And then he walked into a different room in her house. I think he walked into the backyard with all the flowers and the setup and everything. And on the live stream, he says, here's the inside scoop at this bullshit wedding. I'm here to crash the wedding because no one is here but Sam. Like, Brittany wasn't in the house at all. And now people are like, oh, my God, was the wedding fake? Is she being overlain in these videos? Like, what is going on? So it's almost like Jason was trying to tell us, like, the wedding was bullshit. And that's, like, the quote he said on the live. Here's the inside scoop at this bullshit wedding. And isn't it interesting that Brittany always had to stay at her house in her conservatorship? And after conservatorship she got married so wouldn't she have her wedding somewhere else it's weird that she like still wanted to have her wedding at her house very interesting stuff to me um but yeah i think that's the craziest event yeah so people are like is sam really even her husband that would just be so like weird to me. I don't, I don't know. It seems like a far stretch, but I thought the conservatorship was a far stretch and the help me on the hat and everything, but that turned out to be real. So I'm not sure. This does seem a little bit of like black mirror crazy. So I do want to say like, I, I'm not sure if this is all true. I understand the conspiracy theory and digging into it and everything. And I respect the Britney fans. A lot of people online say maybe Britney Spears isn't missing. Maybe she just has limited access to her Instagram and she doesn't want to hold resentment towards anyone, just wants to be happy. So she's not posting as much. She wants her space and she'll be kind of nice to her family because that's still her family. A lot of people are just saying maybe Britney Spears isn't missing, but she's just traumatized and she wants to stop being angry and get off social media. And maybe she's like not in L.A. where people think she is. Maybe she's in Mexico, like on a vacation or something. And I agree. I think Britney is an amazing person. And I want the best for her and respect her as a woman. But I do think Brittany could potentially be in a, a bit of a psychotic state because of the drug she was forced on for so long by her family. So maybe that is what's leading to this, you know, posting of her body and these weird captions. I think that could be what's going on. But even through saying that, I mean, I feel bad for her. She's definitely a victim. And... I still look at her as a human, even though I think she hurts her mental state, maybe altered a bit, but yeah, I wish her the best. And it's very interesting that Brittany and Kanye are two of the most outspoken stars. So it seems like quite the coincidence that they're both missing or there's these rumors about them. I think Jeffrey's full of bullshit, but maybe in this case he could be right. I'm not going to do a, what can we learn about this? Because it just seems like the craziest conspiracy theory stuff in the whole world. Kind of like I did in the, the conspiracy episode. I didn't really say any, like, what can we learn about this things? But it's just very tea. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for joining me on today's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed. I didn't intend on talking about the Idaho murders that long. Um, but literally, I've spent so, like, these past two months just being so invested in it. So it was almost therapeutic to just talk about it in everything and say how the case unraveled in real time. It was very satisfying to me in that moment. And, you know, I still send the deepest condolences to the families and rest in peace to the victims. I'm so happy. I feel like they can at least rest now in peace. And this won't give any closure to the families. Like their kids will always be gone, but it will give some sort of period at the end of a sentence to this time. And they can start the, I guess, real healing, knowing what happened. 
And yeah, it's just so awful. But anyway, um, get excited for Friday's episode. I hope you guys have an amazing week and are having an amazing New Year so far. And I was going to do a little segment about New Year's resolutions, but I talked way too long about those other two. So maybe I'll save that for next time. But I love y'all and I will see you on Friday. Okay, bye. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace.